letter word is not a popular topic to speak on, but I thought it might be an important one for us to address in overview and from a biblical lens. When we hear the word submission, thoughts of abuse, human trafficking, inferiority, and injustice might come to our minds. Submission under the hand of sinful man can represent all of these things. It is natural then to wrestle with the definition of submission, meaning one of defeat rather than one of victory, strength, and dignity. Biblical submission, example by Christ and relevant to each of his followers, is actually a beautiful thing. Before we begin, we must define what biblical submission is not. Particular working organization, church body, or family structure is less equal or of less importance. Genesis 127 states that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him them. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, So in Christ, you are all God's children of God, all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Number two, it is not and has never been an excuse for abuse of an individual from another. The scriptures are filled with this truth from front to back, so we won't examine these in detail today, but they can certainly be wrapped up in Christ's own words of Mark 12, 31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Three, submission does not mean that we can be forced to dishonor God or his word when we submit to a leader or authority. Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. So what is a biblical definition of submission? The Greek word for submission used in Titus and elsewhere is hupatasso, and it means to arrange under, to subordinate, to subject oneself obey, submit to one's control, or yield to one's advice. It's actually, this Greek word is actually a military term that meant to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under a commander or a leader. In non-military use, it's a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. That's the biblical definition of submission. This same Greek word, the exact Greek word, is used in other instances in the Bible. So we read about it with Titus 2 with women, um, but actually it applies to quite a few instances in the Bible. First is Romans 13.1 states that citizens are to be hupatasso, to governing authorities. In Titus 2, household servants are urged to be submissive to the head of the household, we could insert employee, employer for today's um, illustration. Also, wives are reminded to be hupatasso to their own husbands as it is pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians 5.21 exhorts us to hupatasso or to be submissive towards one another as believers. And later in verse 24, God shows us that the church is to be hupatasso to Christ. In James, we are instructed to submit to God in order to have victory in our lives. 1 Corinthians 15 declares that God has put all things in hupatasso or subjection under Christ. And beautifully, 
one of this, one use of this same word that I love and really inspired this whole study for me several years ago is found in Luke 2, 51, 52 in reference to Jesus during his time as a child in relationship to his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. Luke 2, 51 says, He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive Hupatasa to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Using this example of Jesus, the definition of submission could also be described as strong and noble, beautiful and dignified, as one author has aptly defined it. So here we see a lot of verses that use that same word that's used in Titus 2. So this is a biblical concept, and it, it works in a lot of areas. Um, and we see Jesus exampling the same word, the same concept to his human parents. So we have individuals who are created equal with different roles, working together. Does a submissive role imply a lack of equality? Perhaps in human hearts it does, but not in the word of God. And that's why I love the example that Christ, the creator of the universe and of mankind himself, gives us this verse we read in Luke about his time as child on earth. Men and women are created equal in God's sight, and yet we are hardly equal to God in any shape or form. Still, scripture tells us that Jesus submitted himself to God's role at that time to glorify God's divine plan for his life. A perfect and sinless God in the person of a man submitting himself to two sinners, his parents, who he himself created so that the Father would be glorified in his obedience. So what is, why is the concept of biblical submission such a difficult topic? Here are five possible reasons. First, you might be able to think of more than these, but these are the ones that I came up with. Our natural desire to make, maintain control. Most of us do not like being led, and if we know that the person leading us is imperfect as well, it's very hard. Since we prefer to have our own way, we can make it difficult for whomever God may have put in authority over our lives at that time. You've been a child, so your parents have been authority over you. If you're a wife, your husband has been in that position. Um, if you had a boss, you've had to do that for your employer. So there's different, there's different ways to, to see this. If you're in church, you have to be submissive to that leadership. So we've talked about what submission is not, so keep that in mind. It's not abuse. It's not immoral. Um, but it's something that pretty much everybody in their life at some point is in a role of. Uh, my daughter, uh, well, I would tell you which one, although one has more stories than all the others put together, but she she was a firecracker, but she was like two or three, very little, and um, I said, okay, it's time to pick up your room, your toys in your room, and she said, my body doesn't want to do that, and I said, well, tell your body that it needs to do that now, or it's going to have a problem, so I would tell you what, but she did it, um, but the point there, <coughs> excuse me, was you know, there's a lot of times my body doesn't want to do it, but it just, it's that sense of like, I want to be in control, but I'm not going to take responsibility for the situation. Uh, when you are honoring and obeying the Lord through word and action, he will be glorified. And if being submissive to your husband, church leadership, employer, governing authority, fill in the blank, is not unbiblical or immoral, and that's key, 
then you can trust God to work in that circumstance and give you the opportunities in those moments of humble service to be that reflection of Christ. Is it fun sometimes? No, it's not. But can God use it? Yes, he can. And he usually, usually does when you're being obedient and you're reflecting Christ. Uh, two, submission is also a difficult topic because of our personal desires and our pleasures. A culture without Christ at its center and a person who does not submit to Christ as their personal Lord and Savior is naturally focused on the promotion and protection of themselves. Self is another God that we fashion with our own hands and many times place before the interest of others in our lives. We may be afraid that if we let someone else lead, we may miss out on something that is out there or what could be ours. This is a hard one. It's hard for me. I'm a dreamer. I like to do things. And if I can't and I feel like I could control that situation, it's really hard. And that, that could be as a kid, employer, or wife, or whatever. Or the Lord. Maybe the Lord has said, don't do this. You're like, my body wants to do that. You know, it's just, it's a hard one. This is not, these are not easy things. These are things that everybody struggles with. We may be afraid that if we let someone else lead, um, we may miss out. But going way back in history, can you think of someone who was told that she might be missing out and that God was withholding good things from her? That was Eve. Satan loves to cast doubt on God's word and God's character, and she grabbed the bait. As humans, we are still battling for that instinct to grab, although the Lord has placed people in authority, for whatever reason, over us at different seasons of our lives for different purposes. A third thing is pride. Our pride keeps us from loving and serving others in the pattern of Jesus. The thought of having to submit to another imperfect person rubs the wrong way, and in some ways, we may feel like it strips us of our dignity, our value, and our identity. We are prone to forget that Jesus has covered all those bases for us already, especially that of identity, and we are free to give and love others in a humble manner. Uh, fourth would be cultural peer pressure. One example we can relate to as women, a modern definition of feminism and what it means to be a woman today often flies in the face of the beautiful description God gives us about being a woman through scripture. Now this is not women are inferior, women are not capable, it's none of that. We're just talking about biblical submission. The question posed by Satan to Eve in the garden before the fall of man was essentially, can you trust God's word and can you trust his character? A woman who follows Christ as her Lord and Savior can completely trust the Savior who's redeemed her with his own life. A fifth reason that submission is difficult might be fear. Fear has a great power in our lives. We are afraid that if we are not in control, then our life might get out of control. The fear factor can affect our submission to God's will for us to live godly lives. We are afraid of not being happy, so we grab onto the reins of life and we try to take over. We are afraid of losing our status, so we are not humble. We are afraid of what others might think of us, so we are not willing to stand up boldly for God's word and obey. We forget that we are free through Christ and are his child, so we refuse to submit to the Lord's instruction. Uh, let's look at the big picture and take five examples of the submissive parts to the Old and New Testament. I think it's very helpful to be able to go back to the scripture and say, okay, where are we seeing this principle for, brought forth? Um, how they submitted, we're talking about at what cost and how God blessed. 
There are many examples, but we're just going to focus on five of them uh, because they're well known and we don't have to give the back history on these. First of all would be Noah. The Lord asked Noah to follow his instructions to build a large ark, something totally foreign to Noah's experience. As, you, as I read these, think of the application and how they might apply to what we're talking about and maybe even your own life. Not only did Noah follow God's instructions faithfully without a complete understanding of what was to come, but scripture tells us that he was also a proclaimer of righteousness for the 120 years that the ark was being built during this time. He was in the minority, but Noah submitted himself under God's detailed instructions, and the Lord graciously blessed his family by saving them from coming judgment upon the earth. At what cost? Noah was surrounded by a wicked culture that did not know or care about God's words or his warning. God's blessing was that Noah gained a safe place for his family, and he survived the judgment by a flood covering the entire earth. And likewise, as believers, we must be ready to honor and submit to God's instruction for godly living over the world and culture around us. And we see this in Titus 2, when we're talking about older men, older, uh, older women, younger men, younger women. So God's instruction for godly living is a preservation for us. Our families, ministries, and communities will also reap the blessings of disobedience. We see that in Noah's life. Um, Abraham. Abraham was told to go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. What was the, what was the cost? He was willing to submit to God in faith and not fear, leaving his home and his family roots to follow God leading into a place that was foreign to him. He trusted God would meet his needs and the needs for his household along the way, even though he left his native home. God's blessing was that he promised to be a, a shield of protection and provision for Abraham. Um, the book of Hebrews tells us that Abraham had an eternal perspective, and he placed his focus on God's kingdom and his promises. And this is so important when we're in a role of submission, when it's not immoral, it's not um, abusive. So we're talking about biblical submission here again. Uh, but we're in that role of submission that we have that eternal perspective. So we're submitting to an imperfect person, not everything we're going to agree with. But having that eternal perspective helps because we know that God is sovereign, God is in control. Um, God blessed Abraham with a nation of children through whom Jesus Christ would be born. When we submit to God's calling us out of our comfort zone, and to trust him with an eternal perspective, we will be part of a greater kingdom work that is going on in the body of Christ and be an encouragement to others as well as we look forward to Christ's coming. What about Jonathan? I actually think he's one of the finest examples in scripture. Um, he was King Saul's son, and he's a key illustration of submission. Jonathan was in line to be king after Saul over all of Israel, but God had chosen David instead, and Jonathan this and he trusted God in this. At what cost? God had chosen David as king, but many people in Jonathan's day would have probably supported Jonathan if he had gone out and wanted to fight for his kingship. But he gave up his own desire to rule in deference to God's perfect will and plan. Jonathan was an amazing person with many talents, and we see that in scripture, all the things that he did. But God's word and will came before Jonathan's own desires. The blessing, although his written story seems to end tragically with his death at the side of his father, Saul, Jonathan has been heralded throughout the years for his strong testimony as a loving prince David, 
as an obedient servant to the living God and as a loyal son to a very difficult father. It was God's plan that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come through David's genealogy and not Saul's. We also have Mary, the mother of Jesus. As a young virgin engaged to be married, she was told not to be afraid by the angel. Mary did not argue with God's revelation, but she admitted to his role for her at that time in God's purpose. In fact, her response was, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. At what cost? She faced ostracism within her own community and family, and also her reputation pretty much for the rest of her life. Uh, God's blessing, of course, we see that uh, it played, she played an important part in the glorious plan of God's salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, by declaring herself the bondservant of God, Mary was willing to lose society's respect to gain eternal reward and the joy of knowing that she was pleasing to her Father, her Heavenly Father. Like Mary, we are part of a bigger picture, and we cannot fully see or understand the reason for these um, opportunities as God advances his program here on earth. But guaranteed, if we are obedient, he will use that. So we have... Of course, the greatest example of all is Jesus. Uh, we read that passage in Luke, um, he, and he was willing to submit to his earthly, sinful parents as he grew into a young man, fulfilling God's ordained role of a child until the time of manhood. Um, we see that he has not asked us to do anything that he has not already done. At what cost? Jesus came down to our human level, gave up his rights in heaven to be here with us and to provide the sinless sacrifice we need to be reconciled to God. We can't understand the level of grief and sacrifice that God has or, um, experienced through this, but uh, he was willing to submit to this plan and sacrifice on our behalf and do it for the glory of God. So the blessing, of course, everything that through scripture, but in context of submission, because of his gracious example to us and his steadfast love, we know that we can do all things, even when they're hard, like submission, that God asks us to do because we can do them through Christ Jesus, who has gone before us in this example. Um, our roles, depending on where God has placed us and for what purpose, are to bring blessing to others, to refine our own hearts and also give us a deep-seated joy that Jesus claims shall not be taken away from you. Believe it or not, there is joy in submitting to uh, what the Lord has in our lives and the roles that he's given us. And lastly, I wanted to go over some key strategies to help when biblical submission is difficult. Again, as we talk about this, this is a biblical servant submission versus anything abusive or immoral. Um, remember the bigger picture and keep an eternal perspective. That's the first thing. Whether you're married or not, you're, you are your own boss, you're working under someone else. Uh, the beauty of having a humble, submissive spirit here on earth towards one another is that we are learning how Christ cares for us, and reflecting that love to those in our circle of influence. So that's an example to others. Two, you will never be able to do this on your own. Only the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, can give us the ability to exercise Christ-like submissive attitudes. Walk in his provision and his spirit when you are faced with difficult choices in this area. 
three, simplify your life. Um, frazzled nerves, rigorous agendas can leave us empty and very hard to make those correct decisions when we need to. Serving others becomes burdensome, burdensome when we are overcommitted or overstimulated. So carve out time to pray, worship, spend that time with the Lord, and to rest. It's okay to rest. I know our, our study talked about being lazy, but I, I don't know any of you <laughs> I have a problem with being lazy. I think it could be a problem, but honestly, I think we have the opposite problem. I think we get overcommitted, and I think we get frazzled, and I think we need to learn how to live. Okay, she's my time monitor, so <laughs> almost done. Um, fourthly, um, don't give in to fear and anxiety. One author phrases it this way, ultimately, no human being controls our lives. Submission places us in a position of being covered and protected by our wise and loving, all-powerful Heavenly Father. This does not mean we are exempt from persecution or difficult times, but that when we are obedient to God's will, we will have the victory. Fifth, avoid being defensive or quick to anger in a matter. 2 Corinthians encourages us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's a good way in the moment to just um, stop, take everything captive, Hold up any frustrations to the mirror of God's word before communicating your concerns or to first check if your feelings are self-focused or Christ-focused. That's always a good thing to do when you um, are faced with something and have to have an immediate response. And then six, forgive quickly. Although it is natural to need some time to work through an event or an issue with another spouse, believer, or current authority in your life, be very careful not to let a root of bitterness come up. You must do this because you have been forgiven by Christ and have nothing to withhold from another person. There is no court in heaven that would take your case. Remember that your forgiven debtor and his blood redeemed your life from eternal separation from him. When we remember this, it helps us to love others more freely and to serve without expectation. And that's a hard one, but it's, it's God's truth. And I wanted to close today's teaching time with Philippians verses 3 through 8. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, and death on the cross. So, we can break up two groups, and I'm hoping this helps with that discussion that we have today, and makes it a little bit easier, and then maybe has some deeper discussion from that. So, um, if anybody has any questions, feel free to ask I also have a copy of these notes if anybody would like a copy that was a lot of information on a very difficult subject.